Here we are, episode 14 of Built for Better. Today I got Roger Todd in for a chat. Um, we're going to chat about his story and then he's got a passion for planning and stocks of late. <laughs> Before we get started, let's roll the intro. I'm sick of us not doing this right, that's why I think I'm cutting you from my life. No more. I'm sick of us not doing this right, that's why I think I'm cutting you from my life. No more wasted energy spending a pace for every hour of waste. I need an escape to center me. And I don't mean to make a rush for the door, but time's a currency. I'm currently poor. I'll be leaving it soon. I don't mean to be rude, but this scene ain't for me. Like your mom's seeing your nudes. I got places. Thanks for jumping on, mate. Thanks for having me, mate. Crazy time, isn't it? It's pretty, uh, pretty loose at the moment. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, yeah, obviously, uh, you know, no one's immune from what's going on at the moment, and it's, um, I think it's a it's a pretty uh, good example of uh, good planning yeah. to get through it. Yeah, this is um, this is tricky. Yeah. yeah, and what's your take on the whole situation? Yeah, look, I, I mean, as I said, we're we're a little bit isolated, obviously, being out on the farm. But um, yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how it's all going to pan out. But I think it, it's probably leaning towards we will probably just need to sit down for three or four weeks and shut the show down and one thing's for sure where it is now it's going to get a hell of a lot worse before it gets better i think so yeah i think so and and you know coming into winter too not great i think um but yeah i just think we just got to be sensible about it do the best we can you know keep our distancing keep clean and yeah it's probably just gonna probably just gonna have to let it play out to a certain extent and yeah and, and see what happens but we can only do what we can only do and go from there yeah, yeah. Um, I guess there's like everyone listening to this will be in all different situations like there would be people like me I guess that are put off work and there'd be people who are you know going to work still in mm. uncertainty and then there's people who are just cruising on as normal but it's yeah that's the tough thing when across the board whenever you know this many people have either had to shut their business down um, and or um, can't go to work um mortgages all that kind of stuff you, you know it's it's tough but I, I mean i suppose you know not a funny kind of way but in a roundabout kind of way i, I kind of know exactly how everyone feels i mean this is exactly what we've been doing on the farm for the last two years I mean, we haven't we haven't made an income since well probably 2016 was our last time that we banked money um pretty much well more than our costs uh 2017 ended up being a a massive frosting year so started out beautifully but ended terribly and then 2018 2019 probably two of the worst it's years probably I've like saying it was terrible yeah it's probably like heartbreaking too when it starts out good and just gets frosted and it's like oh mate it, it and to be honest with you and i suppose for those that don't know i'm a farmer 75 k's so um and yeah we grow we mainly grow crops um so 2017 was a was a was a really for me was a tough year because i mean we started out so well and up until up until the end of june it was the perfect season and i'd put everything into it like absolutely everything coming off the back of 2016 which was a bumpy year east the whole east coast pretty much had a cracking year um so 2017, we thought, beauty, you know, we're, we're back and we can, we can go back to back here. And that's where you really make a lot of money. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it got to June and it basically just stopped raining. And when it stops raining, that's when frosts start. And 
we pretty much went from the best canola crops I'd ever grown to I there was probably half of it I didn't even harvest. Yeah, yeah. Just left it there. Yeah. It was it, and it took and, it, and still it still yeah it still guts me, but it took me a lot to get over, especially with the last two years that have followed um, eighteen and nineteen. You know where I mean the country just it just looked like dirt. You know, um, so so yeah, that's been a bit of a yeah a bit of a mental challenge, and I suppose twenty twenty you know was meant to be the year where we going to turn it all around and sure we've got the rain but yeah there's a few other things that have happened since <laughs> struggling to get chemical yeah and... chemical fertilizer and, and logistics have been a nightmare and most of that's probably not anything to do with what's going on at the moment most of it's more to do with just the last two years the east coast hasn't grown any grain so suppliers haven't had chemical on hand and basically haven't had fertilizers on hand so and you know you can't expect them to carry that for Two years it's a lot of money involved so um and then and then now logistically it's just tough getting things around the country yeah always trying to have the outlook that everything happens for a reason but sometimes it's hard to see that side of it hey that's what i keep trying to think yeah. out of this like what, what am i trying to learn out of this situation but absolutely and it's tough it's tough to know what you are learning during it you know yeah. generally you reflect come out the other side and say okay yeah that's the time to sit back um but i think it's good that we're all thinking about it there's a lot of things yeah. though that i look back on and at the time you think it's horrible but like it's you can normally say like yeah that taught me a really good lesson yeah and uh, you know and honestly especially in your business you know obviously moving to online and 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 getting your clients involved that's you know that's that's a great step and and like you said the other day you never know where that might take you when yeah like back to the gym. even it's going so good i had someone contact me the other day wanting them to um potentially run online classes for a hundred of their staff all around New South Wales. Like oh, wow. it's, yeah, yeah, like it's just so something, the doors can open, yeah, yeah off Absolutely. the back of it. I mean, it's a long way from happening, but you know. Yeah, but I mean, you know, that's- it's made yeah. the contact. Yeah, that's right, you've got yeah. the phone call. And, and you know, that's that's the, the, the tough things, for, the tough thing for, for a farmer is, and for us, is that, you know, those opportunities don't always present themselves. Yeah. Unless, until you get rain, you know, and, yeah, building a business on weather is bloody hard. <laughs> Playing a lottery, isn't it? You know, there's only so much you can do, but you know, it comes a point where you just need rain, and it's yeah, you know, we can do certain things, we can put money aside, and all that kind of stuff. But you know, it comes a point where you just yeah. Heidi and I sort of touched on it in our podcast, where it's just like trusting the universe a little bit, isn't it? Sounds a bit woolly, uh, but well, I mean, you are, yeah. I mean, yeah. you. You know, you, we, we all get up weather forecasters and, you know, say that they're ridiculous and, you know, we're meant to get 10 mils out of that. It was not their fault. They can't control the weather. <laughs> I mean, if they did, we'd be up for the rent. But, you know, <laughs> like, it's, it's just it's just one of those things. It's it's just, it's nature and, you know, it it comes when it comes. You can't, you know, you can't justify, you can't, yeah, you just can't change it. So. And then you think, like, this year you're doing really good and, uh, like, coronavirus steps in, they stop all transport from China and then you can't mm. get chemical to do what you need to do. Well, and, and you yeah, know, that's the problem is that a lot of those companies over there make the tech for, especially for glyphosate, for Roundup. Um, so, yeah, which is our main, obviously our main chemical for knockdown for weed control. So, um, you know, and, and the last two rain events have been in summer, so we've got to keep all that country clean and most of us use you know chemicals now not cultivation so you know i I just i'd like to say i suppose out of this i'd like to see a massive rethink across 
the board of how we do all our manufacturing. I, you know, I just think we need to we need to bring a bit back home. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and just be a little bit less reliant on others. Uh, I know it's hard, but you know, I just think you know th- this may not be the first time we get something like this. Like on the other hand, uh, Jake and I are going to do a podcast later today, but he runs a metal fabrication company and they've been a hell of a lot busier because mm. they can't get their stuff from China that um, that's right. the so, other companies would normally get, so they're yeah. sourcing them to make it in Australia. Yeah, and, and yeah, yeah, Todd was telling me that the other day and I reckon that's just that's just great. You know, Those guys are busy and, yeah. and, and I think we need to see a bit more of that and hopefully we don't forget that when we come out the other side of this. You know? 100%, yeah. Um, because that's what I mean, that's what keeps us all going. We're going to create some wealth here. And I think, um, you know, too many times we're giving it away. Um, so hopefully that's what I'd like to see come out of it. Um, you know, whether it's whether it's the car industry being, you know, back up and running or something like that, I, I doubt that'll happen. But just, just we're going to just start making stuff. We're going to start using what we're digging up and making it. And 100%, build it, yeah. yeah. Build it yourself. yeah. Um, Let's rewind. Let's go where we were going <laughs> to start 10 minutes ago. <laughs> Where'd you go to school at? Um, so, okay, well, I started, so born and bred um, in Condo. Um, did my first up to year six at um, Condo Public. Were you brought up on the same farm you're on yeah. now? Yeah. Yes, I'm fourth generation. Yeah. So my, wow. Yeah, my grandfather and his father, my great-grandfather, they... Um, yeah, I think there's, there's some sort of talk. My great-grandfather was a bookie, I think, and he came across I think he had a bad debtor or something like that that's that's the that's the urban myth I don't know if it's true <laughs> or not but and anyway and he, he inherited that he inherited half the farm or um all those years ago because someone owed him money so um so that's how I got there and, and yeah my grandfather kind of he yeah he ran the farm and then he not long moved to to Sydney and then dad and then now myself so um, Does so your dad have much input in the farm still? Uh, no, no, dad retired. So we basically took over the business in 2007. So, yeah. Um, yeah, Good time. In the middle of that last <laughs> Good round, time. Yeah, 10 year <laughs> round, so, um, so yeah, we kind of, we took over the business then and actually only uh, only late last year got the, uh, we transferred all the land over to us. So we've been running a business basically with no equity for, <laughs> you know, for for ten or twelve years, and um, and dad's uh, dad's been our our guarantee basically. He's owned all the land, so yeah. so we did all our succession last year, um, which yeah, which is another challenging um, moment in life. But um, yeah, yeah, which we all go through. But anyway, yeah. So I yeah, so I basically went to Condo Public um, up until year six, and then was fortunate enough to to go away to boarding school. Um, down Sydney, I went to went to Kings, um, which was a you know a big uh, a big jump for a little condo boy to you know go down there back in those days. So that was back in you know eighty six. I think was my first year um, down there. And Did you know anyone down there? Didn't know a soul. Yeah, and you know back in the eighties, that was a pretty brutal place. Yeah, <laughs> like it was uh, not like it is these days. Um, <laughs> So, and I was, I was also a year young, so I went away at 11, so I never, so I'd spent my whole, you know, the whole boarding school years a year younger than most my current year, so. Um, that would have taught you to grow up pretty quick, yeah? Yeah, it did, and it's kind of, it's, um, it's kind of led me though to, well, we actually repeated our boys because they were a year young too, and um, I kind of always felt a little bit 
Rob, because I was always playing sport with the year below me. Yep. And, um, you know, and I was, everyone else was kind of 12 and older, and I was 11. So it just, I just felt as a, you know, especially with rugby, and well, I started out playing cricket, and I got 93 runs. I think I was in the, in the, in the 12 E's or something like that. <laughs> and went down to the, yeah, whatever it was, way down anyway. And, um, and uh, I got 93 runs, I never got put up to the D's. So I got jack of it, so I said, right, I'm going to go rowing. So I went and rowed, and that was the start of my rowing. But I just felt as though I got to the end in year 12, and I just would have loved to have had that. I only got one year in the Opens, whereas everyone else got two. Yeah. So I went straight from the 16s in, in, in year 11 to the Opens, whereas most people got year 11, year 12 in the Opens. So I just felt a bit, yeah. And so anyway, I just thought, oh, look, it's, uh, it, it would have been nice to be to leave school when you're 18, especially for a, for a boy, you know. Um, so, uh, yeah, so we repeated the boys. But, um, <clears throat> you know, going back to, to me, um, yeah, pretty much I rode from year eight through to year 12. And, and then my winter sport was rugby. Yeah. Being from out here, you don't realise how big rowing is in the city, eh? It, it, yeah, it is big. I mean, a lot of schools, and not just a not just the big um, the big boarding schools, um, the GPS schools. There's pl- there's plenty of other schools that do it now too. Um, you know, even Kinross does it now out of Orange. Um, you know, they do a lot of travelling down to Sydney. But it's just um, it's one of those sports you just fall in love with. Yeah, is absolutely it's it's a great team sport. I find that hard to believe. For a yeah, it's um. Yeah, it's it, it's it's one of those things where you get out, you know, five thirty, six o'clock in the morning. You're out on the water. There's eight of you. And this is my last year. And, and that's when you're going through school too, hey. Yeah. Like to get up at that hour. Not many kids nowadays would be keen to get up at that hour to get on the water to row. No, no. Look, I mean, we'd be down there. And this is on a sad day. Do you reckon um, that instills a bit of work ethic? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, our weekly our weekly program for rowing in in when we're in the, in the higher cruise, um, was pretty much Monday morning, six o'clock, you'd have a workout. Monday lunch, you'd be a workout. What's uh, a workout on the rower? Um, some would be rowing, um, might be hill sprints, might be a workout in the pool, just depending, yeah, they just- And we in teams of eight? Well, the, there, was, so there, was the, there was the first eight, the second eight, yep. and then you had the first four, second four, third four, four, four. And if you're in an eight, could you then be in a four? No, no, Separate. no, that was kind of, was kind of where you landed. Generally, if you're in year 11, you'd generally be rowing in the fours. Yeah. Unless you're really good, you'd be in the eights. So they were, the eights was the prime, hey? Yep. You'd put your yep. best in an eight. Yeah, yeah, pretty much just started from, yeah, your first eight was your top eight rowers, your second eight was the next eight. So I was in the second eight. Yeah. But I only got, like going back to that thing, I only got one crack at that. Yeah, maybe so if you had another crack, you might have been I in might the have top been one. The first yeah. yeah, so you know, with everyone at the same age, yeah. So I went straight from the junior eights, missed the fours, um, and and straight to the second eight. So um, which that was fine, but um, so you know, look back at to you, you were doing morning lunchtime. Yeah, you'd go. So you'd be a morning workout, uh, a lunchtime workout, and then in the afternoon you'd be straight on a bus down to the river and row until about. That's yes. unbelievable. So yeah, for about seven o'clock, and then yeah. you come back have dinner. So that was that was five days a week, um, and then on the Saturday, you probably actually probably Friday you missed the row, Friday night. Saturday morning you'd be up at five, down on the water, you'd row, 
come back, have breakfast. You generally row to your race, go and race. Depending on how you went in the race, you'd either go back to the shed or you'd row past the shed and keep going and they'd you know, drill you and then you'd come back to the shed. So you'd finish at about one or two and then we'd be back at school. So and you're talking 15 odd <laughs> sessions a week. Yeah, it was big. Yeah, And I'll never, I mean, obviously you're young, but I'll never ever be, and I always said when I left that I'd never ever be that fit ever again. Yeah. You know, but I mean, you know, I was 17, so you kind of, you know, you can handle it. But um, it was, there wasn't much time there for schoolwork, no. It was pretty, it was just one of those things though, like in, on a Saturday morning, six o'clock, you're out there, all eight of you are on song, and you could just, you're all just rowing gently. You just hear the water dripping off your oars. Yeah. And just that one punch. Yeah. And it was just, uh, and it still does now, it raises the hairs on the back of your neck, but it was just one of those moments that I'll never ever forget, like of just pure, you know, on song with seven other blokes and a little cox too talking to you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and yeah, and, and in times like that, he, he knew, he'd generally just not say a thing, he'd just shut up and you'd just listen to what you're doing. And it was just, yeah, that was, that was one thing I'll never forget. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, anyway, we, and then in the head of the river, we got seconds and we just got pipped. We, yeah, right. we just didn't quite have enough room to catch Joey. So do all the second eights race each other? Yep, yep so there was eight of them, yeah. So every, every weekend there was a race, every school has a race um, leading up to the head of the river, which is the big one. That's yeah, the, when we're down in Melbourne, obviously they row up South Bank there and yep. you see like the rowing teams come through and our mate's cruising along in the jet power with his yeah, microphone yeah, up yeah, and I'm like, yeah. I'm not sure I like the yeah, idea yeah, of no, this. That's it. <laughs> Shut and, up, uh, mate. <laughs> one of the big things always they always used to get up me about was because quite often on the Paramount River, quite often you'd see the, the big, fast, fat boats that were doing the bridge bridge training yeah because i love skiing um yeah quite often i'd be looking out at them great big VHs wishing you on the back of a boat (laughs) you always hit it uh, toddy put your eyes back in the boat (laughs) so that was the one of the one of the ones that yeah one of the things they always just chip me on but um but it's just it's one of those things where you know you've got to be on song eight of you in the boat or nine of you should say in the boat um you know it's balance it's um it's pure teamwork um you know those boats are really easy to tip over and even being in the second eight we tipped ours over not long before the river so it was easy to do yeah yeah um and are you still good mates with any guys from school um probably my yeah my three groomsmen um were all guys from school yeah from from boarding school um and yeah look what i do um yeah do still do talk to Quite a few, quite a few in Sydney. I'll go down and see. Yeah. And does rowing kind of have a season like football or? Yeah, it does. It generally it's um well for in a school to, in a school year it's the last term. Yep. Over the summer and then the first term. Yeah. And then you play rugby in the winter. And then rugby starts. Yeah. Generally there'd be athletics usually normally about now. Yeah. Um and then uh, and then yeah rugby through the winter. And what position do you play rugby at school? Yeah, I, st- I, I was um, I, I was a I was a bra guy. Yeah, yeah. loose forward. Um, spot to be, eh? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I did a couple of years at um, Inside Centre when I was young, 
but yeah, I was just no good at catching. So, <laughs> so. well, I um, I used to always play breakaway as well, and then I played one game in the centres. We were short in the backs, and I didn't make one tackle yeah. all game. I said, "How good is this yeah, out oh, here?" Tell you what, they used you to can, getting stomped on. And <laughs> you can be found out though too. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully, it was a game that was played all through yeah. the forwards. <laughs> um, so yeah, I was, I was mostly I think uh, from memory, I was pretty much yeah, I was, yeah, I was on the side. Um, for uh, yeah, and I ended up. I think I was in the, I was in the thirds for my last year. I think, but same thing there. You know, I only got one year at the opens. I was back in the sixteens the year before. So whereas everyone else had two years. Uh, yeah. So that was another one too. I would have loved to have, yeah. But then you know, repeating for sports, I would have. Yeah. Put, yeah. Put mum and dad through. What did you do when you left school? Did you come straight back to condo? Uh, so yeah, no, I um, and this is one of the big things. You know, looking back, I'm a big believer that you know the farm will always be there. Yeah. So and you know, your 18s to your 28 is the time to go and you know. I think if you come back while you were young, you probably would take it for granted a little bit. Do you think? Well, and I think also too, you just probably get 10, 15 years down the track and regret of all the things that you didn't get to do. 100 percent, because you couldn't go do it now. No, it's it's different, isn't it? You know, when you when you, you're mad, you've got kids. It's you know, yeah, it just evolves. Things change. You just can't, you just can't do it. Um, not the same capacity as you can when you're 20. <laughs> yeah. You know, like it's a it's a different time of your life. And I just really think, yeah. Anyway, so going back to that, um, I left school. I did a year in Sydney, just tree lopping. So basically, I was just bumming around. Just yeah, I was you know, I was earning cash. And I was probably drinking it as quick as I was earning it. <laughs> yeah. And where was your spot in Sydney? I, I lived down in uh, I lived down in um, just down from the Edgecliff stations, uh, which yeah. was just up from the Oak Hotel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, and that was pretty much where we ate and drank every day. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the only time we weren't there was for breakfast because yeah. <laughs> they weren't open. <laughs> but, um, so that was yeah. So I had a flat down there that I lived with yeah a guy that I went to school with um, and a girl that was in a. Um, she went to Frenchman, so she was another we just knew, and so the three of us, yeah, lived up on New South Wales Road there. Um, ended up towards the end of the year. I think I was there about until October, I think. And anyway, as it turned out, I ended up breaking my wrist pretty bad, my left wrist. I was just unhooking it. I was hooking up a trailer onto a truck, and it was just it was parked up a driveway. And anyway, and it kind of as I picked it up, it came down and at least smashed my wrist between that and the truck and. And uh, end up dislocating it and fracturing it and the whole show anyway. So I had to get it operated on twice actually, um, which still bugs me today because I can't bend it. Range of motion, yeah. Yeah, so it's um, a bit of a pain. Anyway, so I end up doing it, breaking my wrist. So I had end up going home pretty much for uh, yeah. So '93, I went back home and I just kind of worked for mum and dad and a few others around the place. And yeah, just got by. Got my wrist sorted. Um, and and then in 94 I ended up going up to Western Australia uh, to a place a big cattle farm called Carlton Hill which is at Cunnamara two million acres and um, did 12 months up there just on a horse and on a motorbike and I know uh, one of my good mates did the same sort of thing with Jackaroon and I think it's probably very important to go work for someone else before you come back work for your old man yeah absolutely yeah look yeah 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 absolutely like I think um even if it's you know it's in the same it's in the same industry, but yeah, you just yeah yeah you've just got to go out and 
and and and see how the rest of it's done. Um, you know, and that was totally that was totally um, irrelevant to what we were doing at home. You know, I mean, just we, working for someone else though, yeah, aren't you? Like, if yeah. I would have come straight out of school and started a fitness business, like I would have just. Um, not taking it seriously probably yeah. like the best thing that ever happened with me was doing that 10 years at essential yep. now i actually respect working for myself and you know i never want to work for anyone again that's sort of my well, yeah and and you probably picked up a fair few oh 100 <laughs> and like mature and tips grow and, yeah, and, yeah absolutely yeah i think um yeah it's it, and, that, and that was a tough gig up there too i mean you worked hard like i mean it was a you know five o'clock breakfast and then i mean dinner well, you don't know when you you didn't know when you'll be back. You know? And you're in the middle of nowhere too. Oh, eh? There's no absolutely. town within. Yeah. yeah, no, there's no. I mean, Kununurra was reasonably close. It was seventy k's to to the homestead, but you weren't allowed out there too often. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'd run a muck. But, um, <laughs> and then and then, but you'd had five or six camps out in the uh, out on the station where you'd camp out there for two or three weeks at a time, mustering cattle. I mean, too many acres. You know, we had our own helicopter, and we had twelve horsemen and a couple of motorbikes. So you pretty much. You know, and you had to get over. I think there was probably 40, 40 odd thousand head of cattle. Crazy. Yeah. So, so that was you know that was that was good fun. them nowadays, though. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah I'll tell you what. Yeah, gosh. Yeah. So that was, and that was that, that was probably my first real eye opener as to, you know, how the rest of the, the, the you know, the world works. How they you know how they work and, um, it was it was really good. Especially, I mean, I was only what was I? I was. I was 19, 20, I think, yeah, when I was up there. So, um, and you know, our time off, I think we had probably three or four weekends off that whole year. Yeah, or it might have been a bit, it might have been a week at a time. You know, and you'd go to Darwin Radio or to Catherine Radio or something like that. Yeah, yeah. kind of no radio. So, and that was, yeah, I did a bit of, did a bit of riding, a bit of radio riding. That was good fun. Yeah. yeah never did bull riding, but um, yeah, I, I, those blokes are mad. But um, yeah, Saddle Bronc and um, yeah, that was, uh, it was just something. That I'll never ever do again, and, and it, was, it was good fun. Yeah, and did quite a yeah did quite a few of them, so that was good. But um, and then the following year, I ended up going to another cattle place up in the Gulf of Queensland, the Augustus Downs, which was um, just up near Cloncurry. And are these places still running? Yeah, yeah, yeah they are. Yep, yep. So um, or owned by different people. people. Yeah. yeah, but um, uh, Carlton Hill in, in WA was owned by um, Consolidated Parcel Company, which is the Packers, and um, and then uh, uh, Stanbroke owned the other place I was at in Queensland, which was um, which has been was sold yeah, half a dozen times and disbanded. And, yeah, but yeah, they're all still and really valuable places. These places up there now, yeah. Um, so that was yeah, that was good fun. I probably didn't need to do that. I probably, in hindsight, you know, to do two years. In hindsight, I'd probably um, yeah, I'd probably do a that second year on a on a on a cropping place or something like that. Um, that's probably you know in hindsight, but anyway, it was it was done, and I still don't regret doing it. Yeah, it was great yeah. fun. So, um, got home from Queensland and then went to Orange Ag College. Um, How old are you here? Twenty. I was no. twenty-two. I think when I got back. Yeah. Actually, yeah. no, twenty. Yeah, well, turning twenty-two that first year, I was like about twenty-first up on the up in um, at Augustus Downs. And what did you study? Uh, I just did farm management, yeah, yeah. basically. Yeah. Four so, years? No, no, you two. Yeah. Two. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, so that was, um, yeah, so, and then I think, yeah, Heidi, she she got there when I'd left, so, but yeah, her husband, Beave, he was, um, he was there the year below me, so I yeah. knew Beave before I, before I came out here. 
before he came in. Um, so I had two years of, um, and and that's when I got back into playing rugby. Yeah, playing. So I hadn't done any sport. Yep. From the time I left school. Who'd up you play for in Orange? Just for yeah, our college. Yeah. yeah, right. And really good comp too. That was back when it was quite big. We had five teams, so that was including our Colts. Yeah, right. Um, so I think the first year played in the seconds, and then the second year played in the first. Uh, yeah. So it was, um, yeah, good. Good solid comp, hard comp, good rugby. Yeah. You would have seen the um, downward spiral of country rugby and rugby league. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it is. It's 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 been disappointing. I mean, especially rugby. I mean, it's, it's tough at the moment. Gosh. I think now they have first, seconds, and Colts. Maybe most some sides. Yeah, but only the biggest centres like Orange. Yeah, only the yeah, big yeah, ones. Yeah. So I mean, Orange Air. Yeah, I don't think they have never rugby side anymore now. No. Um, it's gone. Um, you know. People like say Orange Emus, yeah, they would they would have had five. They've only they'd only have, they'd be they'd have two in a Colts. Yep. Yeah, I'd say first seconds in a Colts. Um, most towns like that now, yeah, would be similar Bathurst, so Bulldogs and. I honestly don't understand why more people don't do it. Like I didn't play rugby. Like I finished rugby league when I um, started my apprenticeships when I, I played under sixteens, and then the rugby league there was none in condo kind of thing. And then I started work, didn't really worry about it for a few years. Then I started playing rugby. It's time of your life. I, yeah. had, to, I had a ball playing rugby. Oh, look, it's, we'll get into that in a while, yeah, anyway. Yeah. So when we get back to condo rugby, yeah, it's nothing to do with uh, it's nothing to do with the uh, the training and the. Uh, no, it's just good fun yeah, though. Like it is, what, it's another good team sport. Yeah, and especially in small country towns, it's um, you know, and, and look, Ag College was no different. I mean, you, you know, I can gosh, I can remember, you know, there'd be two coach loads of people uh, of players. Going over to Dubbo, we'd all play, and then we'd all come back, and we'd have a fat time, like you know. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, can, yeah. It helps when you're going good too, doesn't it? Oh, it does. Yeah, yeah. But then, and then, problem for us over there was that we used to get to the holidays, and everyone would go home. Yeah. And then we'd go and play at Dubbo Rears, and they would just smash us. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, and that was you know, I, I, I couldn't, I didn't have any excuse because I wasn't too far away, so you know, we'd be beating eighty zip, and yeah, that wasn't much fun. But yeah, anyway, you got to. Sometimes you win well, sometimes you lose badly. It's just it's yeah. all part of it in country rugby. So, so that was uh, that was yeah. So it was um, ninety. Was I'd say yeah, we up to ninety six, ninety seven, I suppose. Um, and finished ag college, and then ninety eight was my first year home. Yeah, so home no international travel. Well, at the end of ninety eight, and this is one of my big regrets. But at the end of ninety eight, uh, sorry, it was ninety nine. The World Rugby World Cup that year, I think it was in um, in Wales. I uh, yeah, I ended up um, jumping yeah, jumping on a flight with yeah, two other mates of mine, um, and we were overseas for about three months. But we went to the states first and drove from LA to New York. Yeah, that would have been cool. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a shitty old car, and you know, and um, and uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, did basically did Route sixty six until we got to Oklahoma, and then we kind of went south down to New Orleans, and then. Back I reckon up. New Orleans is crazy. And this is all pre, you know, pre Hurricane Katrina, and yeah. obviously pre Twin Towers too. But um, in New York, but um, yeah, mate, we had a great time. It was New Orleans was just a great place. One man. of my mates reckons New Orleans is better than Vegas. Yeah, yeah. Look, we we didn't go to Vegas on. Oh yes, we did. We did. Sorry, we spent our first two nights in Vegas. That's right. Yeah, and I 
crazy place to spend your oh. first two nights. So you well, can we didn't make we, or break a three month <laughs> trip pretty quick. We, we flew into LA and we thought, oh, we don't want to, we'd heard too much crap about LA and we thought, oh, we'll get out of here. So we jumped straight in the car and and neither of it, none of us had um, had driven on the other, you know, other side of the road and all that kind of stuff. So I mean, there's plenty of stories of that, you know, big, big um, T section going into Vegas where we hit the T section go to turn left to turn into Vegas and turn onto our side of the road instead of turning on the other <laughs> side of the road. And so next thing you know, there's four lanes of traffic just building out of us. So uh, that happened a fair bit. But um, uh, but yeah, I was lucky enough where I'd won a fair bit of money that night and I didn't have to get money out until I got out of the other side of the country. So I was pretty uh, stoked <laughs> but, um, on the blackjack table. So um, yeah, so that was fun. That was that was a really good time. There's three of us. Um, yeah, down in New Orleans and then back up through Nashville, um, Memphis, yeah. Saw Elvis. Um, yeah. Did that, Graceland's, um, and then back up to New York where we stayed with a friend of ours that was living over there at the time. And, and yeah, that was, yeah, that was great. Um, you know, and then, I'll, I mean, I'll talk about it later, but we, three years ago we did a family trip back over to the States and, um, yeah, Times Square changed a lot. Yeah, right. In New York from the time we were there in, you know, in 99 to, to, to now or to three years ago. So yeah. So it's a different place altogether. So, so 20 years apart. But yeah, a lot's happened too, I suppose. Yeah, hundred yeah, so, percent. Um, and then you went to Wales from yeah, America. and then yeah, so flew over. So both the other two blokes I was with, they both had girlfriends over there that had been travelling, and so we flew over the other side to um, yeah, to London. Um, pretty much, pretty much followed the Wallabies around. So the first game was um, Australia v Ireland, um, which was an absolute cracker. Like you know, just atmosphere out of this world. Has it been the Gregan days, yeah? Uh, it was, yeah, it was, yeah. So not near 99, was he playing? We ended up winning it. We won against, we beat France in the, in the final. Yeah. 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 I'm pretty sure we you got the final? Been. No, no. So I got back, we we did, uh, we did Australia v Ireland, and this is this was in Ireland, obviously. Um, and that would have been awesome. It was in great, Ireland, yeah. yeah. And I remember it just at half time. Irish are like no others with a crowd, oh, hey? Yeah, and, and, and their pubs are just great. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Just great, friendly people. Good yeah. food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't go there to lose weight. You drink Guinness and <laughs> eat stew all the whole time. <laughs> Steak sandwich every yeah, beer, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but, uh, and, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a, yeah, it was a great, great time up there. And then went, we all jumped in cars, like there was, Two lots of five or something in two in two cars and and um, went down to a little town called Limerick where Australia played USA and that was a real party town that was awesome yeah um, and then kept going right around and um, did a full loop of Ireland um, just filling in time flew back to London and then yeah then we grabbed another busload of of us actually it literally was a mini bus and drove from london down to yeah, to wales across to wales and um went and watched australia v wales for quarter final and i mean that was the opening pretty much of the millennium stadium so that was and that's another thing i remember was just the welsh singing their national anthem was yeah. phenomenal you could have in between in between sentences you could have, you could have heard a pin drop it was just like and then they just belted out it was unbelievable yeah, yeah. And it was about i don't know 300 Aussies there when we sang out. It was pretty ordinary. <laughs> but, um, and that was, yeah, and we just won that one. But, yeah, and then I had to come home, so, um, which was a bit of a bugger. I'm coming up for harvest, so, um, yeah. But it was a, that was the one, my one true regret is that I didn't go and travel for 12 months. Yeah. Um, two years. That's really where you learn how to live. 
positive and you know yeah. look after yourself and you know just you know learn your managing your finances. I mean it wouldn't really be anything new because you'd already kind of done it when you're 11 going to boarding school like meeting new people yeah. like fending for yourself absolutely yeah but then when you add language barrier and culture and all yeah. of that into it like it changes it again yeah. like that's what I would have loved to have done it too before I had kids with yeah. some decent travel managing money earning yeah, money 100% you know? yeah yeah like um because none of us you know not many people go over there with a full bank account and no. don't have to work you know that's you know, I was lucky enough where I'd saved up a bit and you know, and got to do it for two, two and a half months, however long it was. Um, you know, and yeah, I just, I just think that that would have been, and then certainly I'd be encouraging him, yeah, my kids to do it. Yeah. Yeah, to get over there and see the world. Um, yeah, just, it's just one of those things I just think is, uh, just helps you become a better person. I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that was my travelling. Yeah, it's just it like been, life skills you can't get in Australia. Like that's the no, reality. and even I mean even if even if you, I mean something I suppose even if, I mean even if you travelled around Australia and just worked around did bars or you know whatever. It's, I feel it's, like we'll probably all do that in a caravan one day, anyways. You know, good mate of mine just did that last year. Yeah. Took his kids out of school um, and kind of homeschooled them, and he um, he left in about June, I think it was, and got back. October, and they did a full yeah, lap around Australia, yeah. and you know something that I'll never forget. Yeah, something I kind of wish we had done as a family too. Um, I don't know, but I mean that takes it does take a special family to do that. Hundred percent. I'm just thinking about that families, now. You know, oh, don't know about that. I'm just thinking about my, my two boys, and yeah. yeah. And look, we've done we've had plenty of family holidays. We did a you know we did two weeks in Tasmania where we drove around there in Winnebago, and then we did. Um, um, we did uh, uh, a couple of weeks in the States. That was nearly three weeks in the States. Um, and then we did uh, New Zealand, the South Island of New Zealand skiing. Yeah. Queenstown. Queenstown. How good's that? Oh, mate. Don't know how I missed it in that place when I was 20. I oh, no, yeah, <laughs> we just went over there oh, yeah. maybe 18 months ago for a snow set, like just one week. Yeah. We had Eli, went with the in laws and stuff. But loved it oh it's just i wasn't even excited to go like even getting on the plane i wasn't Mm. pumped then when i got there i was like this is awesome how did we miss this joint yeah it's just um it's such a cool place yeah and there's heaps to do for everyone not just you know adults for kids as well yeah obviously your kids a little bit smaller but you know i think our boys were five and seven or six and eight or something like that yeah when when um when we went over but it was just yeah we had a really great time there Eli was one, and when we were flying back with him, he was playing up that bad. We were on, I think, a jet star flight with no food or drinks or anything. <laughs> they brought us down food and drinks, and they said, do you mind if we just take him for five minutes to give you a break? <laughs> must have been I'll see Ben was a bright red, eye. <laughs> it's like, nah, never travelling with a kid again. No, that's right. You got it. Yeah, it certainly does. I think when you get them to... You do come out the other side, when you get them to about four and five or five and six, when they can actually do things and remember yeah, things yeah, yeah. It, it is a lot a lot better um but you know yeah so it's so we've done a few yeah a fair few family trips like that but i think that overseas travel thing is um is something yeah i wish i'd have done more of yeah and from your trip to london you come straight back you obviously went into harvest was that the sort of start of being back in condo for good yeah it was yeah yeah well i'd spent 98 at home yeah. Um, and look, I was pretty lucky. '98. It was more, probably one of the wettest years we've ever had. Like it was phenomenal. Um, yeah. And and then '99 wasn't bad either. 
um, 2000 was a wet year too, but had a really, really wet harvest. So I think we'd had 10 inches of rain during harvest, so that kind of stuffed a lot of grain. And then 2001 was a, um, a, a probably almost the perfect year. Not too much rain, but just enough. And then 2002 started pretty much the 10 year millennial drought. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this is, yeah, fairly, um, you know, and, and this is kind of the way the cycles have been since I've been home. You know, we get we get a run of good years, we get a run of bad years, and, and that's just the way it is. Um, but that's you know that's just yeah that's that's farming I suppose. But um, and so did, yeah, sorry. Did you go straight playing rugby as soon as you got back from? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, ninety eight. I came back and. And who um, was in the comp then? Um, that was this. That was the southwest. So it was generally. It probably ended up. You end up going to Tumut and that at some stage. Yeah, yeah, that was that was later on, but it yeah. started out where it was, I think it was just about eight of us. I think or might have been six. It was just us and Harden, Grenfell, yeah, um, Wylong, and Tamora. It wasn't too many more than that. And then a couple of years later is when the Southern Inland one started. So that's when it all got really big. Um, you know, with Tumut and Albury, we used to play. Um, used to play Army. Um, Deanna Wagga, yeah, and yeah, there was some pretty solid, yeah, it was split, I think it was 20 teams, there was 10 northern teams and 10 southern teams, so, yeah, but, but you know, by this stage, I'd slipped back into the front row from the side, somehow, <laughs> so that was going from <laughs> Rowan, <laughs> 15 <laughs> sessions a week, yeah, yeah, so, and then in between, there was, yeah, you're packing in in the front row, yeah, I was number one, what a spot, <laughs> eh? yeah, yeah, so I think it was first year, First year home, I might have been my second year home. Was that auto steering the tractors then, or what? You would have needed it, it wouldn't be able to turn the neck every no, time. No, yeah, just try, I can't remember when that started actually. Auto steer, it was probably a little bit, no, actually, it was probably early 2000s, the auto steer. But um, yeah, I, I remember a uh, coach, um, Pete Gordon, at the time, um, he said, Look, we're short on front rowers, how do you reckon you'll go? I was like, oh, well, not too keen on it. Anyway, <laughs> and look, turned out we did pretty well that year, I think. Uh, Pretty sure it was 99. It might have been 98. And um, we did pretty well that year. I think we beat Wylong. Uh, we beat um, Harden in the minor semi over at Grenfell. And the guy I was propped against was, he'd been doing it for a long time, you know. And yeah, anyway, we, we got the better of him. Yeah. And um, I think he actually went off. And um, not because I broke him, but <laughs> I think, you know, just we just, yeah, we ended up playing that well. That's the thing about yeah. being a prop. You've kind of got an obligation to try and get over the bloke opposite you. Eh? It is. It's a it's a one-on-one, yeah. It's a, it's a, it is a one-on-one competition, like a, a bit of competition within, you know, the 16 yeah. guys that pack. Because you know if you know. got him or not. Like, it's like as soon as it packs, like, you either won or you didn't. Like and you know when you've been got, too. Yeah, yeah. 100%. <laughs> like, that's, you know, like, when he's he's looking down at you, and yeah. you, you know, like, um, yeah, there's a mate of mine once that... Um, I think uh, in my first year I played a bit of uh, Southern Inland and um, Angus Scott, he, he was propping for Central West Bulls and um, he ended up playing for a fair few years for the Brumbies and Queensland Reds and um, and over in WA. And um, anyway, I remember him, he was a pretty good footballer. He was five years below me at school too. Strong guy. Anyway, and uh, I was on the side at the time, on the breakaway. Anyway, I remember him and we always just have a bit of muck around, but I remember him packing in the scrum, and he's just dropped, he reached around and grabbed me, 
and pulled me into the scrum and then collapsed it on top of me. <laughs> Did on purpose. And I came out all red faced. I was busted and I just knew he'd got me. Yeah. 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 And he just had a bit of a smiley face and off he went. But yeah. yeah. But um so you kinda yeah, there is a bit of competition up front there and yeah, it's it's good fun. So I think end up playing ten years for Condo Inc. until it closed down. Folded, no, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, we just end up I think the competition's just end up getting thinner and thinner and uh, yeah it was kind of no real direction i think we went east and i was getting to the stage where you know we'd I'd, you know we'd got married in 2005 and you know we had kids on the ground too probably about the same age as yours and yeah it was just getting enough and then i was taking over the business 2007 so kind of just takes priority yeah huh? yeah you just kind of well you couldn't afford to get hurt yeah and mum and dad had basically moved into town, so... I started at the right time. Like, I was kind of one of the youngest in the team, and it still had, um, like, Lange was playing, Biggles was yeah. playing, Pete Stuckey, Murphy, um, Marky Hellier. Yeah, you guys won it, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. that was the, my first year that you yeah. won it, and um, it was a hell of a time, and, like, the bus trips and stuff, crazy. And, like, yeah. as it went on, and more of them older guys kind of... Mm. Um, stepped off I kind of it was my responsibility a little bit to keep it rolling <laughs> but it just like it wasn't the same you know like it was, yeah I think there was a big push to get it back up and even running. now I think yeah. they're just lacking a few of the older heads that um and I think that's that's with a lot of clubs in it yeah you see a lot I mean been involved in the mud work in you know auto sports here for a fair few years now and and you know same there it's been, it's one of the stronger clubs around and you know you just it's just tough for people to get in and you know, give the amount of time that they need to give. It's just all clubs have gone that way, and all towns, you know, even in the big cities, yeah, it's tough. So yeah. So after you finished playing rugby and you got kids and whatnot, what was sort of the so the priority? I basically was was I suppose if I go back a bit when I left Ag College, I'd pretty much had a ten year plan um, for our, you know, for the farm, and I always kind of thought, oh yeah, I wouldn't mind getting married when I was thirty. Anyway, I did. Right. Yeah. 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 Um and yeah, I always had a ten year plan, so we kinda How old were you when you had your first kid? Ah, uh, I was thirty one, yeah. yeah. So yeah, Fabian Fabian was twenty nine, I think. So we yeah. all kinda um Yeah, so two boys. So what are they then now uh thirteen or fourteen? Yeah. Um so, a similar boat really. My two boys are pretty close together, two and I'm well done with kids yeah, I can tell you. Like Thirteen months apart, I think that. Yeah, yeah. So, We'd always planned on having four, but anyway, we had two, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. yeah, I used to think That'd three, but now I've got two, it's plenty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, so... Um, I don't know why, but you think the transition from one to two is not going to be double the work when you have it, but it's actually probably triple. <laughs> yeah, I think so, yeah. It ends up... Um, At least two, you can take one each. I don't know what happens with the third when there's three yeah, of them. Yeah, I think generally that third one's pretty tough. <laughs> yeah, as you grow up. Yeah, grow up already growing up. <laughs> but... Um, so I kind of had a yeah I had a plan um, you know coming out of our college on what what I wanted to do with the farm and how I wanted it to be changed around traditionally we were just a pretty much a livestock enterprise um, sheep merino sheep um, few cattle and a bit of cropping and um, I think uh, thinking back you know we're talking about oh, we're going to talk about planning but thinking back you know that that ten years so from ninety eight which was my first year home to 2008. We were, well, from 2002 to 2009, we're not, you know, eight, seven years of, of just terrible drought. Um, but we always had something to work with. We always got a little bit of rain compared to these last two years, but we always got a little bit. 
And I'm just thinking back, if I didn't have that 10-year plan, we would have really struggled to get through those seven or eight years. You know, I knew what I wanted the farm to look like. I knew where we wanted to be as far as, um, you know, well, roughly, you know, we want to have kids, we want to get married, all that kind of stuff. Um, but also I knew that we'd made the decision that we were going to send our kids away to boarding school too. Yeah. And also I knew that, yeah, we're going to start putting money away for this as well. And yeah. your kids go to um, school in condo, like they both primary went, school? Yep, both yep. went primary school. And then same as me yep. down, down the Kings there. So. And when you made this 10-year plan, did you sort of like map it out over like a piece of paper and stuff or did you just sort of like yeah, think, make it pondering on the tractor or something? No, I think I'd actually, just thinking back, I think it was actually a 10-year plan. It was one of the assignments I did at our college yep. towards the end there. Yeah. And, and I, you sort of took it pretty seriously. Like, yeah, like well, most I just, assessments that you just bum over and yeah, you know, make it up. Copy off something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, was one that, it was one that I'd, um, I thought, you know, I could pretty much use this. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, yeah, and I kind of, Took it fairly literally, but I mean, I tied it in fairly well. And there was also a financial plan with that too. And I tied it in fairly well with what we were doing at the farm anyway. So funny you say that. Yeah. Mum actually was digging up some papers at home, and I never like put any effort into any like assessment tasks. But one business task like was to create a business plan, yeah. and I got a hundred percent in it. Yeah, Mum dug it up the other day. She's <laughs> like, "Have a look at this. You wouldn't believe it." That's did you crazy. go back and have a look at? It? Did you? Yeah, read I did. It? I was yeah. on the pool like, yeah, yeah. at the time, but it's crazy how like if it's something that you obviously back then obviously had an interest in business. I yeah. guess yeah. same sort of thing. Well, it's it's just one of those. Uh, yeah, it's one of the same thing. It's one of those life skills that you know that thankfully I picked up at at ag college, and and you know it's taken us through to now. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, and then and I suppose, was your old man? Sorry, jump over. Yeah, yeah, was yeah. your old man pretty um, open to your suggestions and stuff, or was he pretty set in his ways? Oh, look, yeah, there was a fair bit of toing and froing. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. And I think that happens a lot. Yeah, yeah. I think with um, I mean, Dad and I worked together for a fair while before he left the farm. So, what, so I was home ninety eight. He was two thousand seven so when they left. So you know, years, nearly ten years. Yeah, yeah, we worked together. And look, yeah, don't worry. Look, there's plenty of. Um, there was plenty of to and fro, but Dad and I were two completely different people as far as as um, as, a, as a farming business goes. You know, I kind of was fairly into the new technology. Dad was a big sheep man, just yeah. did a bit of cropping on the side, whereas yeah, I was kind of more cropping. A few arguments along and, the way. About well, it. and as it turned out, <laughs> as soon as Mum and Dad left, and it sounds a bit bad, but I sold all the sheep and the cattle. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and that was partly to help us get through those. Yeah. You know, because we basically, when we, we took the debt on too, which, you know, there was a lot of. Um, I think in that, in that eight, nine years, there was one year, 2005, where we got a, a good harvest. Everything else was kind of pretty ordinary um so we kind of but it was also a decision like to sell a stock was to to move to another part so we took on adjustment um after that so it was a bit, bit more cash friendly cash flow friendly yeah so so cropping and adjustment basically has been our um been our game since since then um well until 2016 so and um, now um like i know you're pretty big into planning like how far in advance do you kind of plan now well, this is something, um, yeah, we need to do another 10-year plan. Um, yeah. I think one of, my, one of my lessons learned is when I finished that first 10-year plan, so 2008, 2009 was still another horrible year, 2010, bang, cracker year. Like this is, you know, 
we should have been making another plan when those years are going well. Yeah. To and that would have helped us get through those last two years there. Yeah. I don't think we. I don't think we'd planned badly. I just we just didn't have it set down in stone. Um, we'd had. We'd had uh, plans to upgrade all our machinery because um, it was getting tired. Plans to put money away for education for kids. Um, plans for to try and put money away for us. Plans to have holidays. Yeah. You know, um, succession. I mean, all this stuff costs money, and you, you know, I remember sitting down at the, you know, 2009, 2010, just going, holy. Crap, how am I going to pay for all this? You know, like how am I, how am I going to generate enough income? We did 2010, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, so six years where we really did push hard and made a lot of money. Yeah, yeah made a bloody lot of money and got to put money away. Yeah, probably, my, yeah, not our downfall, but just my one regret is you know, could have I been a bit smarter. Yeah. If I had a plan in place, a solid 10-year plan, and maybe these last two years of drought might not have been as bad. I think it's good that you're looking back and you can kind of picture the first 10-year plan you had worked really well, and then when you didn't have a plan, it was a little bit unsure, and now you mm. know that you need a plan ahead. Uh, well, I think the lesson was... You can see I hate planning. Yeah. Got the full year goals off on the wall. Yeah, and that's something you can see. You know, it's got to be visual. And... Um, but if you've got a 10-year plan, then breaking that down into what does that look like at five years yep. and then what does that look like at one year, you know? Yeah, yep. like, absolutely. You know, And then bring it back to six monthly. 100%, and then monthly, yeah. You know, and yeah. weekly, yeah. And then um, daily, like all yeah, the way, hey? Absolutely. Like, yeah, you've got to, you know, there's, it's got to be small stepping stones. I mean, it's no good having a 10-year plan and say, right, I want to be, I want to be a millionaire in 10 years' time. Yeah. And then... Just imagine if you that's going to happen. Imagine if you take um, <laughs> yeah. one small step forward... 250 days of mm. each year how far ahead you'll be in Absolutely. 10 years you know like that's giving you yeah. over 100 days that you have bad days and especially if you're making those little steps towards your end your end 100%, game yeah. you know, like it's, it's your end goal so um, I just think though the one the one big thing is, is that you've got to plan in the good years as well you know when things are going well that's probably the best time to plan because when things go to shit well, if you plan for it not to be as well as what it is, then you're ahead, aren't you? And if mm. you're kind of a bit sensible with what you do with the... Yeah. And I think there's probably, even now with what's going on at the moment, I mean, but your plan also needs to be flexible. So yeah, You need to be able to change four things that are happening at the moment. Um, you know, look, plenty of people are out of work. And I, look, I don't know how... Your plan changes with rain, eh? Like if, you yeah, rain, if, it, yeah. if it doesn't rain, then Absolutely. you don't need to spray. But if it rains, then maybe you need to spray. There's certainly things we've got to do. Um, um, you know, we, we, we end up getting quite a bit of rain there at last. And, and, and my plan, and I didn't bring it in, but my paddock plan, it, even that changes. Um, it might get bigger or it might get smaller because I've missed a few paddocks and haven't got there because of timing, you know, wet, too wet or something like that. You know, the spray rig bogged for three days the other day. Yeah. I didn't get it out. And when I've had a look at that paddock, I've gone, oh, well, it's too late now, everything's out the seed, so I'll get some more cattle on and use that grass instead of spraying it out. 100% changing so on the run. you just got to, you've got to be able to, and, that, and but that also... I think that's important too, yeah. like, let me just jump in for a yeah. second. Like, someone working towards their, you know, let's use weight loss for, a, for example, you know, like, your mum and dad invite you for dinner, 
and you go and it's not in line with what your mate would have had at home. Like, that's life. You eat that and then yeah. you get up the next day and you, you kind of get back on track and you reassess, don't you? Or you have a shit week and you're like, you know. Yeah. Last week with all the uncertainty, like, I found myself just eating shit, you know? Like, Comfort and food. then, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. But and then, it, like, it's just like, you know, reassess, what's the goals, where am I heading, and then back on track. And I think, yeah, you can't. You can't you, you can't be too hard on yourself and say right I'm going to do this for twelve months. I'm going to eat four meals a day perfectly for twelve months. It's, it's not, yeah, unachievable. Yeah, it's not sustainable. Un, yeah, un, yeah. Um, and you know, before these last couple of weeks, yeah, like you say, you might go around a friend's house, and um, but I think in general now we all eat a lot healthier than what we probably used to twenty years ago. Um, you know, and we do know, yeah, I think we do know the benefits of eating healthy too. So. Yeah. Um, you know, when when you say you know you you might have a you know a, a less desirable meal, but I, I don't think there was probably it's probably as less desirable as what a meal like that was twenty years ago. You know, we know a lot more yeah. about food, and, and it's and the yeah. human connection is very important too. Absolutely, I mean that's all part of it. It's all part of a big circle, isn't it? And you so recently you just done all still doing twenty eight day challenge finishes tomorrow. Yeah, um, but like a part of that is. I don't want you just to have a challenge around weight loss and health. Like, I want you to do better with your family, um, with your work, um, with all of that. So part of it is, like, ideally I want you to get 10,000 steps every day. Um, want to nail our nutrition on the days that we can. And so this power list starts five actionable tasks. There's a podcast on it. Go back and listen if you need. Yep. Um, but this is kind of reinstalled. Like, you had your kind of long-term plan, but you really like that you can sit down and plan on a daily basis. Yeah, I suppose what happened to me the last two years was, given that there was nothing going on on the farm, was that I um, I started missing writing in my diary. I just wasn't doing it. Come yeah. home, you know, it was just a headspace in. How much just better does the day flow if you've got a plan? Absolutely, yeah, it heaps better. Um, it, it's um, you just you just don't forget things. You write it down, and you just don't forget things. If you've got it, you've got a list, you tick it off. Especially when you go into the office, like that's. I mean, that's my Achilles. You can heel. waste some time, oh, eh? Social God. media. Yeah, you should not go in the office with your phone. Yeah. <laughs> like I love the quote, if you don't run the day, the day will run you. Yeah. It's still going to go by, isn't it? Like, yeah, it's what you right. get done. So one of my goals out of the challenge, and look, I'm not... Uh, yeah, I've got a few goals there, but and there's a few of them. We talked about reading before there. I'm going to miss that one. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so the goal is to do 10 pages a day. Yeah, yeah, you did yeah, 10 yeah. pages. I did 10 on the first day. So. <laughs> maybe though that goal is set a little bit higher. Like maybe if you're reassessed and you just don't finish yeah, three yeah. pages a day, then you know you lock that in, then you make a five. Yeah, well, my problem is I need to go back and read those first three pages. Yeah. <laughs> and you, then then read six. So yeah. yeah, and read another three. But that's fine. But um. I think it's it's good for your mind too, though, reading. It's just, it's a muscle too. So you've got to... I never read a book through school and even now I'm the worst reader, yeah, but same. I've read three books this year. I think the only thing I've ever read was The Land. The, the successful people are reading a book a day. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, sorry, a book a week. Yeah. Some are a book a day, though. It's it's really, and I've noticed it, it yeah, especially these last two years, it's really good for your mind to get yeah, that mental muscle there's books that were read, sorry written in the early 1900s that are still like bestsellers today yeah. like you know you can still learn something from back oh, then absolutely yeah but yeah so I so my one of that was one of my <laughs> goals um, one of my other goals was just to get get journaling again and certainly that has 
helped. I just looked back at my diary just before I left home this morning. Now I've noticed I haven't written anything in my actual diary since Tuesday, and I've done a heap of stuff this week that I need to, you know, spraying and all my spray records and stuff like that. So I need to get back in there. And have you been as pro- productive in the da- like last few days that you haven't been journaling? Do you think? Um, probably not. Yeah. Probably not. Um, Even Nick uh, yeah. was out here on the weekend, so the guy who ran the seminar at the gym. Um, and he's the one who kind of got me into journaling a little bit and we're talking about like the effects like coronavirus and how we're feeling flat and deflated like he'd lost so much money in speaking contracts Mm. and stuff he's like you know what for this whole week I haven't journaled and I felt like shit and I was like you know what now you say that I haven't journaled either and I've been feeling the same like there's a lot of power in just sitting down for 10 minutes yeah just and get your get your frustrations out on paper and then you know you you, and and probably good to go back and have a look at them you know in six months time say right I was you know, why did I feel shit that day? Or I was at a conference yeah. and they're like, who doesn't have 10 minutes to journal a day? And like half the room put up their hand. Yeah, like, no, you don't that's... have 1% of your day over 16 waking hours. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like... I know I've got plenty of time yeah. to journal. And, and I, I just choose to do something else. <laughs> and that's, yeah. Um, but I've, I've got to get some sort of consistency going. I mean, that's my thing. I mean, I'm either up at five in the morning and either go and do a workout or... Yeah. I go on the spray rig, you know, yeah. and and same at the other end of the day. I'm either I'm either going to a workout or I'm on the spray rig or I'm on you know, a tractor of some sort and or doing something else. So um, consistency for me is a bit tough because things move around throughout the day and the week. You know that I just have to juggle yeah, around. It's so kind you can't have it stacked because you're mixing it it's up. It's a bit kind fluid, of, yeah, yeah. So I kind of can't really. But that's just something I need to work out. You know, and I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that do do it. But you just gotta, I just mentally need to sit down sometime in the middle, and even with, if it's some having lunch or something like that, just sit down and just do that ten minutes of filling my diary in. And that's what I did last week. Well, I haven't done it this week. Yeah. Let's so. um, just jump back a touch. So obviously there was a fair few years there where you went not training. I think you said earlier like you didn't mm-hmm. really do much between seventeen other than rugby to when you got into the training two years ago. Yep. What yep. what was the big incentive behind you know starting training? Yeah, the, I mean the, the big the big move was was that I just I just knew and I knew in the I'd known for a while that I needed to start moving. I mean I was probably getting my ten thousand steps a day easy, but that alone wasn't enough. Um, I love food too much. Well, well not you. We, <laughs> yeah, all <do. laughs> we all do. And. Um, <laughs> Especially the good food, you know. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, um, I just, I, I was just getting too heavy. Yeah. yeah. So I probably when I my, at my heaviest, I reckon I was about. I think it was. Well, I do know I was about. I would have been heavier than 118, but 118 was one of the times. Yeah, one of my peaks. But I'd say I would have clicked 120 kilos. And was there anything um, like defining moment that was like, oh, I've got to do something? Um, nothing. It was probably more a gradual thing. Um, but then also to... You kind of get, like I've done it, you get there before you notice it, eh? Hey? Yeah. You like, get on the scales and you're like, fuck, how did I get here? Yeah, look, it's just... And I suppose seeing it, seeing the odd photo of yourself too. Just going, yeah, oh, 100%. Geez, I didn't think I'd look like that. I had uh, one client who, um, you know, joined maybe four or five months ago and a pretty good friend of mine um, and kind of chatted to him after. I was like, what made you join? He goes, actually, it was a photo of myself with yeah. my partner at a wedding that I looked and I yeah. was like, geez, that's not, <laughs> you know, that's not me. Yeah, no, it's, and I, I think, yeah, I suppose 
you know, I was generally when I was when I was playing sport and playing rugby, I'd generally sit around that hundred kilos, you know, yeah. but end of the season I might go up 103, 104, and then I'd, during the season I might get down to 98, 99. Yeah. I was happy with that. Yeah. That was fine. I still don't think I was all that fit, but you know, weight wise I was fine. But when you stop playing rugby and then you start doing other stuff, um, you know, business, you know, farm work, stuff like that. It's just a different type of exercise. You know, that, that 10,000 steps alone is just not enough. Um, so I suppose, yeah, it would be a defining moment was probably seeing photos of yourself just going, yeah, that's... And actually, actually, there is one other defining moment. I was thinking about this on the way into was, um, um, I believe, so Guy Schumach and his dad were out um, weighing, they got some cattle out at home on adjustment and they were weighing some cattle and, and um, they said, I'll just jump on the scales here, see how heavy you are. And um, we're just to test them, you know, and that came up as 118. And I remember being nervous, and said, oh, Jesus, that's about the same size as for feeder. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of went, Jeez, oh, I thought I was a bit light, I thought I'd lost a bit of weight, but you know, 118 on the cattle scales, and they can go either way a bit too. <laughs> so um, I thought, right, it's probably that's one of the moments where I thought, yeah, it's probably time to start doing something. But um, and then, yeah, so I think it was June long weekend, um, 2018. And also, too, obviously, 2018 was the start of this drought and there was, wasn't a lot going on. So I really had no excuses. And I just said to myself, right, enough's enough. Let's get in there and start doing something. Um, you know, I'd done a bit of walking, a little bit of jogging. Um, you know, before that, probably got myself down to maybe, I think it was about 116 before I went to the gym. And, um, yeah, went to the gym up road, uh, CrossFit. Um, and, yeah, kind of joined in there and... Pretty much, you obviously fell in love hooked. with that. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, and now you know you get frustrated when I couldn't get in here. <laughs> like it was just, um, yeah, it was really annoying. Like, it, it and just, drive a hundred and fifty k round trip. Yeah, it's a hundred fifty k round trip to do it. So, and like we were saying there earlier, like um, that's a uh, that's a good opportunity to get off the farm. So you're kind of you're distancing yourself from what was going on. Yeah. Um, you got you got three quarters an hour to think about what's going on between home and. And the gym to get your head right, and then you got three quarters now to get on the way back home. Thinking, oh, geez, that was tough. <laughs> what did I do to myself? You know. Um, and how important do you think it was, like during the start of that drought, that you were training for mental health? Uh, yeah, I, I quite often ask this, and people do ask me and say, "Well, you know, what did you get out of it?" And I say, "Well, it's not. It's, it's hard to measure, but all I know is." It would have been that much tougher if I didn't do it. Yeah, hundred percent. I'll never know, but I just, I just think sitting at home sulking would have been, yeah, would have just done my head in. Yeah, probably wouldn't have done my marriage great. <laughs> wouldn't have done a lot of things great. Yeah, you know? like it's just, you know, and and flow on from that is obviously you, know, you lose weight, um, haven't drunk, don't drink anywhere near as much as what we used to. Yeah. And I mean, Fabian, she she gave up drinking altogether, um, so she hasn't had a drink for. 18 months now um, and I don't think she'll ever will again um, so that helped me yeah I mean because otherwise we'd sit at home and just you know have six or seven or eight beers every night you know yeah nothing else going on um, and drinking is a social thing out there too so so I don't drink as much um, I just I worked it so that came home from the gym I wouldn't even have a beer at all so and it's got to the stage where now I'm flat out having a beer Monday to Friday yeah 
Yeah, and what would you have previously? Oh, you already said six or seven a night, uh, probably. We'd probably at, at least minimum four. Yeah. And then maybe half a bottle of red with dinner. Yeah. yeah when, both, when both of us were drinking. Yeah. And weren't training. So. Um, and even Fabian's been jumping in on the train in the last few weeks. Yeah, yeah. So she's keen to get some consistency going too, you know. And, and yeah, it's, it's a bit tough for both of us to do it now that the kids are home, but um, from school. But. Um, yeah, Not no, really she's now there's nowhere to come to. Yeah, it's <laughs> home workouts. Yeah, it's all home workouts. <laughs> but um, but I really, uh, yeah, I really do value what you know um, exercise has done, you know, for the last you know nearly two years, um, yeah. just for you know for your body. And then, yeah, I'm I'm 46 at the end of May, so it's not going to get easier. So one of the big things was for me too was to you know the older I get, the harder it's going to be. So get in, get yourself fit, and it's going to be a lot easier to keep yourself, maintain yourself, some sort of fitness as you get older. I remember at Essential, um, back before like I got to that weight and stuff, um, like I'd go to climb a pole or anything, and it just seemed like fucking mm. hard, you know? Mm. Where once I'd actually been training and stuff, like everything just seemed easy. It was kind of like you were just like, oh yeah, I'll jump up there and do yeah. that. Like it'd be the same with you now. Like some of the Jumping things, that, the you know, throwing yeah. something on the back of the ute or like it's just not hard because you're like, I'm yeah. you know, used to lifting this or, you oh, know, whatever. I, look, I was listening to you and Dunk on the podcast the other day and Dunk was saying, yeah, just bending over and putting your shoes on. That yeah. was the exact same thing as me. Bending over and doing your laces up. It was just a gut getting in the road, and it just you just see now they got the, the zip up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Or slippers or something like that. But um, yeah, it's just things like that where you can just you can bend over and you can just feel. Yeah, you know, you can feel it that weight. You know, it's it's um, and you just run out of breath. It's much easier. Um, but it's it, it's 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 a lot better now. Where you know, I'll go and jog for somewhere to. To go run to go and stop something, you know, and you go, oh, I'm not even puffed. Well, before you'd be looking for the bike oh, or the ute, eh? you, yeah, you'd yeah. run for the bike, the ute, or you'd be, you'd get out of there, you'd be all lightheaded or <laughs> something like that because you just jog 15, 20 meters, like God, bugger me, you know. And how'd you feel? Um, you know, obviously mid 40s, not feeling your very best, showing up for your first session. Obviously, it would have been a bit daunting. Yeah, it was. Yeah, um, but um, it was. Uh, I just got in and got it done, um, and I had yeah, I had I think Kate Stuckey came up with me for the first time, and um, she'd been doing it for a while. Yeah, and um, so yeah, you just got to get that first just, couple out of the road, yeah, eh? and then you get road. a bit of connection with people, and you stroll Absolutely. in and have a chat. And and it was only there was only about four or five of us up there. It was a Saturday workout, and look, it was it was rope climbs, and it was I can't even remember what we did, but I do remember the rope climbs at the end. Um, but um, I got the end of it, yeah. That wasn't too bad. And yeah. Anyway, the next day, I was so sore. I was just bugged, like, yeah. Like, like, yeah, it was tough. But backed it up, and like I said, it was June on again, so we had a big weekend on the grog. Yeah, it wouldn't and help. Then, yeah, and then, you know, got back, whatever it was, it was uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, got back in there and started doing, you know, I was kind of aiming for two to three, sometimes four a week. Yeah. And some weeks I might even make it, you know, for five. Yeah. yeah. Um, just depending on what was going on. But, um, and then you just yeah, like I said, you just fall in love with it. It's just it's 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 addictive. It's great. 
to be. A lot of people listening to this thinking these boys are wankers, you yeah. know, like because it's <laughs> all these dickheads on about. You know? But um, <laughs> it's true, eh? Like it's it is. It's just addictive, and, a big, and I, I think the community base feel too. You know, you walk in and you have like you know, and they'll feel the five fifteen crew, half like a few yeah. farmers amongst them, and they're you know having a chat about you know whatever like Alan Jimmy yeah. and and I've talked to Al about this and and he said yeah, he said exactly the same thing it's bloody unbelievably how, how it's unbelievable how addictive it is yeah you know? and and Al and I are pretty similar um type ages and and um I might be a bit older than him but um yeah you know it's just it's just it, it's it really is addictive and it just it, it just can't not be good for you yeah can't 100%. Be good for you. um if nothing else aside just like the human connection we don't like where do you see anyone now that's not at a pub and whatnot like where do you see your mates or you know a few people that you can have a good yarn with yeah on a daily well, that, basis that's right it's know. kind of like church for people somewhat it is yeah yeah just like for some other people that is that do go to the pub every day and have four or five beers you know that's that's their connection but it's you wouldn't say it's the healthiest connection <laughs> um, I honestly think though yeah. that um, probably 60 or 70 more probably percent of people wouldn't know what it's like to feel good oh you're right yeah. you know like you have four or five beers you wake up and you're not feeling 100 percent. there's no doubt well, about that i know Your sleep quality shit yeah absolutely and i know i mean even last night we had a few beers last night um we had a bit of a working beer around a um just around a piece of machinery that a few of us own and and um like we had four or five beers and i knew this morning when i woke up and look i haven't done that for when was the last time I had four beers but five beers is what it was and um, I knew when I woke up this morning that that workout that I did this morning was going to be a lot harder than yeah. what it should have been yeah. yeah well that and I'm doing it on my own too <laughs> that's, that's a tough gig yeah but um, so it, it is a alcohol is a big thing that I think we all need to manage and and you've yeah. spoken about too before like it's it's part of life and it's you know, you've got to enjoy life too. Like, you're not you saying do. don't drink. There's Absolutely. no, you know. Yeah, and we're all going to go to parties and, 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 and yeah, and, and sit there and, and have 10 or 15 beers. I don't know. I mean, I yeah, know, I enjoy I know we shouldn't. Yeah. You know, and, but, I mean, it's probably just, as long as you're not doing it every weekend, as long as you're not, um, you know, you're doing it, you know, having your five or six beers every night. I mean, there's, okay, there's people that can do it. But, yeah. And, and it's, the older you get, the more likely you are to do it. And because uh, it's just easier. Yeah. When I did the health check the other day, like she asked me about um, alcohol, and I can't remember. She was like, um, "How often do you drink?" And I was like, "Oh, maybe once a month, less." <laughs> She's like, "How many do you drink on them occasions?" <laughs> I was like, "Oh, probably 15. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so yeah, ultimate binge drinker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She so, just man. burst out laughing. Yeah, but I mean, I, I don't think. I mean, and that's another thing too. Is that, I mean that the health you know the healthiness around alcohol everyone's a lot more aware of it too now the, the unhealthiness around alcohol um but you know it's same thing it's it's part of socializing it's part of life it's built into us we just got to manage it and most of us can you know but um some people can't but i'm just glad that you know i've got something that i like more than having five or six beers every night yeah, yeah, percent. Getting, you know, being you get a bit filthy on yourself when you show up to the gym and you can't give your very best for a workout too, don't you? You, you do, yeah, yeah. Especially on those Saturday morning workouts because you know they're, they're partner workouts and, yeah. and you don't want to let you. You want to be able to push your partner, and I'm pretty sure your partner wants to do the same. And you know, if you've had a night of them, 
cans and not before. It's, you know. You're yeah. dragging your backside, aren't you? And you're thinking, oh, hey, are they picking up whether I'm <laughs> yeah, yeah. a bit slack here or, you know, what's the go? But, um, so, but I, yeah, I, I certainly don't. Yeah, you know, it's a it's a social thing, and you know I haven't given up drinking, and like I said, Fabian has. But um, and um, and full credit to it because that's a you know where we live, it's a social thing to do. You know, it's, it's a tough gig to do. Yeah. And your latest little thing's been trading stocks. Yeah. So um, on the um, so it was about uh, mid last year, I think, when did a trading course um down in Melbourne, um, just with that little company called Trader Circle, and um. Yeah, just learning how to learning how to trade. Short term, isn't it? Um, uh, a bit of bit of oh. both. Yeah, it is generally shorter. I mean, the longest you you've been a trade. I mean, you can be in a trade for three months if you wanted to be, uh, but you're generally in and out before then. Um, so I've learned how, I learned to do trade mini warrants, which is the first part of of trading, and then I went down earlier this year and learned how to do. Um, uh, options, so put options, call options. So, but I haven't followed that through because the day I got back, it started raining, so I haven't really had a lot of time to sit down and, you know, between two and four is when you really get in and do your trading in the other. Um, so I haven't had a lot of time to sit down and 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 really learn how to do that. So, um, yeah, I haven't done any physical um, options trades yet, but. Kind of watching the trends a little bit, aren't you? Yeah, it's nothing to do with buying and selling shares. It's all about basically, well, the one that the index I follow is XJO, which is, um, oh, sorry, we follow, um, which is the top 200 companies yeah. of the uh, of the Australian Stock Exchange. And that's an index in itself. Um, and then within, within that, um, we also trade um, those top 200 companies. So you can trade individual companies all the way through. So you you Following a trend line, you're picking up patterns. Who's the top Australian? What's the top Australian company? What's the what's a couple of top ones that would be big known? Um, I mean, you've got. I mean, all the banks are pretty big. Banks, yeah. yeah. So I mean, Combank. And yeah, yeah. Combank's yeah. up there with BHP's a big one. Not a um, good time to have Combank shares if you owned them six n- weeks ago. No, right? no, <laughs> and that's the problem. I mean, most of us have kind of got them in their Subaru or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I understand. Um, but yeah, but I mean, maybe it's a. It'll bounce back. It's a good opportunity. Maybe if you're in, you wouldn't sell. If you had some money to buy, yeah, well, that's 100%. What the market's tanked, you know, 30% because people get worried. They pull their money out. and um, If so, I did in, I'd be leaving it now. Well, I mean, and we've got, I mean, that's where our money is for um, our kids' education. Look, and that's taken a beating because we need that money now. So we've got to start pulling a little bit out. 100%. Every, yeah, you need it. Every term. And yeah. You kind of feel a bit bad about that because it's, but I mean, it's taken a thirty percent hit too, so yeah, yeah. it's all invested. So, um, you know, and we never had enough there to get them through anyway. So, yeah. so we kind of, you know, we we're trying to, uh, yeah, trying to kind of fill the gap at the moment. But, um, but yeah, look, it's it's just something was uh, I kind of, you know, I f- wasn't sure whether I'd enjoy or not, and it's another thing you know, I've really got to. You really got to spend some time learning the market and learning how. What drives you to learn something new at this stage of your life? Um, I think what I ask is, I think it's something that a lot of people lose the passion to learn. You know, from yep. thirty plus. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we probably get stuck in our ways a bit. Yeah, well, a lot actually. And I think um, maybe we get to the point where we're thirty, thirty-five, and say, right, oh, this is my career. This will do. Um, 
that's not someone I've always been. Um, I don't even know if I'll be farming in 10 years' time. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, I, certainly these last two years have taken the, yeah, it's just Stinger, taken the wind yeah. clean out of my sails, you know, and, um, you know, financially and, and, and mentally and, and, well, not physically, but um, it's just, yeah, it's been a tough slog these last two years. It's been awful. Um, you know, and any farmer will tell you that, that lives in the area will say this is just, it was, it was brutal. Um, and we're not out of it yet too, you know, like I say, yeah. uh, you know, everyone that's had their business that's stopped in the last two weeks, you know, that's been us for the last two years. Um, you know, we haven't made any money since, like I said, since 2016. So, um, I don't know. I don't, I, I, I suppose my thoughts were in the last 12 months was, you know, do I want to keep doing this? You yeah. Know, do I want to, is there something else I can go and do? Um, is there some way, is there some other way I can get some cash flow going? Um, and yeah, so I'm just trying to find a few things that maybe I can start doing now that that may, when my boys come home, to, if they want to go on the farm, that maybe we can go off and do, you know? 100%. Um, like it's like, uh, I guess Gary Vee and all that talk about is just like a side hustle, I guess. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and it may be, I mean, there's plenty of things I'd love to go and do and I don't want to get stuck I've never been that one person that wants to get to 65, 70 years old, stuck on the farm, and then I can't go and do anything else. Yeah, yeah. Because that's just just what I've done for the last, you know, however many years. And, yeah, that's always done my head in seeing people that, you know, and then you've got no options after that. You're starting to get get a little bit elderly and, and, you know, it's harder to move and it's harder to do new things, you know. Um, I want to get into those new things so that when I do get to that age, you know, I'm able to do them. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, I'm just, I suppose that's thinking ahead, planning. Yeah. Yeah. It's something that I'm passionate about is just continuing to learn and grow and, and yeah. better myself. And yeah. while you say that too, like it's been a hard couple of years and it's taken the wind out of your sails. I actually just said to Melissa before, like it's a credit to, you know, ever since you've been training with me the positivity that you come into the gym with right. must be that 75k <laughs> round trip to pothole yeah it's it um no nah, look i love it down there and i suppose um you know what yeah what you what you're providing is fantastic it's kind of what i was looking for like don't get me wrong i'd, I'd love where i started up at the other gym and and we had a great great run up there great crew um i think most of the crew are probably down with you now but um Things change that were out of our control, and and I suppose it's a pretty personal thing, you know, your your exercise and 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 your training because you want to get the most out of it. And and my, if I'm going to drive 150k round trip, I need you know I need some flexibility in times, and so we weren't getting that you know th- through no fault of um, what was happening up there. But um, so you are offering flexibility. And also that next step, which was just that nutrition side of things, which I think um, yeah, you've really, really taken it on board too, and you're really yeah. you know I guess really interested to know more and learn more with that as well. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, not many you know men in their forties are interested to no. get told what to what to eat and Seafood stuff, either. you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and that was that was good for me. You know, I just yeah. So there was there was different times in training, you know, whether it was in the morning or whether it was at night, depending on what I was doing at home. So flexibility was great and nutrition. And it was just, yeah, you just had that whole package there. And 
a great crew in there. Love it. Yeah, awesome. lucky yeah, um, to be know. able to sort of build a team now, which is, you know, yeah, yeah. not so reliant on me and I can sort of family. It's an awesome spot. Yeah, yeah. No, it's an awesome spot. So. Let's wrap it up. We're over an hour 20 in. Well, Let's fire into the five <laughs> questions. Ask everyone. I'll put you on the spot here. <laughs> Tell me something about you that no one would know. Um... <laughs> I, the way, yeah, I was talking to Fabian about this in my <laughs> the other day and I said, I, said no, I think I'll say, yeah, I hate cucumber nearly as much as I hate spiders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, probably, I think the one thing is probably, I'm probably not as organised as I seem. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Do you get really like flustered and stuff when you're not organised or you can? No, I'm not, I'm not usually reasonably calm about things yeah unless it's a really big fight. I need to show you my organisation <laughs> I need to show you all my notepads and stuff there inside the yeah <laughs> right <out. laughs> and me and Melissa are complete opposite hey like if I say social media posts for instance like if I can have my I do three a day if I can have them planned out ready on yep. Tuesday for next week I'm pumped where if it was Melissa she'd be doing them Sunday night yeah, you know, right. she's last minute, but I'm sort of the yeah. organised sort of type. Well, I, we're a bit the same too. Fabian's, she's probably, she's a little bit last minute yeah. too, and she'll admit that. She'll probably hate that I said that, but, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it's um, yeah, I think that's probably, yeah, I'm probably not as organised as it comes across. Yeah. yeah, best piece of advice you've ever been given. Um, and this is probably more related to farming. Um, I had a fairly strong bond with my grandfather. Um, he used to take us out. He lived in Manly. He used to take us out to school a fair bit. And um, when I was up north, he flew me down to to hospital. He was in hospital. He was dying of cancer. And um, yeah, basically just said, you know, it was pretty much a goodbye, a goodbye talk. And he um, he basically just said, uh, you know, whatever you do, get affiliated with, you know, get get to know machinery. You see, because that'll be your future. Yeah. Machinery. And that was that was pretty good advice. That was pretty much the way I went. What year was that would have been? Uh it was about ninety six, I think. Yeah. yeah. Just when it was all 96. making a change too, I guess. Yeah, and so and because and dad was big on livestock and pop was big on livestock, but he just said to me, he said, Yeah, and I can still remember shaking his hand, he just said you just um yeah, because I had to fly back up north and yeah, I was never gonna make it back. Um and he basically just said, Yeah, look, yeah, just get yeah, get machinery orientated and yeah, learn how to use yeah, the gear. Yeah. <laughs> Question three, is there anything that's happened to you that you thought would be the worst thing in your life but's turned out to be a blessing? Obviously love asking this with the essential. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I haven't really I haven't really had too many job changes and stuff like that. So no, I, I, I was trying to think of one, but I, yeah, I couldn't think back of anything that was really, you know, that... I mean, obviously, little ones, yeah. We, yeah. We, you know, little stuff ups where, you know, we think, oh, gosh, okay, what am I going to do now? But, yeah, day-to-day ones. But, um, yeah, nothing major for nothing me, mate. Major. Yeah, nothing major. Yeah. Question four. Where would you like to be in five years? should make that ten years for you, shouldn't I? Ten-year yeah. plan. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, that's a plan we want to do. But I want to do this next plan with our kids. So, obviously, in five years' time, the kids will be just leaving school. Yeah. Um, so I suppose where would I like to be? I'd like to think that we've got some sort of, maybe another business of some sort um, on track. Um, we've got a fair few holes to fill financially now over the last two years of drought and um, kids, you know, for boarding school. Um, 
but yeah, over the next five years, I'd certainly like to get them, well, you know, get them through school. Um, over the next 10 years, yeah, I'd like to see us transitioning to some sort of off-farm business. And hopefully no, the sure boys taking a bit of a role on the farm if they want to. Yeah, if they want. Um, I mean, I certainly, I certainly don't want to see the boys home until... 25, 26 years old. So, yeah. you know, we've got a little little way to go. That's yeah, that's 12, 13 years away for Louis. So we've got a little little way to go. But I'd like to I'd like to know that we could slip into something if they do decide to come home and start spending time doing something else. 100%. Yeah. Question 5, do you have a favorite quote? Yeah, this was a good one. I've never been a I've never been a big um, big on quotes, but I came across one the other day. I actually came across a couple. Um, the first one was a funny one, but it was uh, more about, I think it was on, on Instagram, <laughs> fuckology. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it was, um, I apologise for everything I said about 2019. that was pretty, uh, it was a pretty good one. But the other one is, um, yeah, fear has two meanings. Um, forget everything and run or face everything and rise. Yeah, I know. That's a pretty good one. Yeah, that's probably... Especially at this time. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you know we can... And, you know, well, not so much for you too. Like for, well, and I've done for a, a lot of people listening. Like you mean, yeah, you absolutely. Think resilience comes off the back of fear, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and look, don't worry. I've last two years, I've spent a fair bit of time just burying my head in the sand and just yeah. hoping it all go away, and it just doesn't. You just got to get on and face it and 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 try and work it out. Yeah. Well, it probably feels like you've been burying your head though. You've still been getting in. You've been training and you've yeah. been. So mm, I think you've been yeah. doing good, mate. That's um, yeah. That's that's something certainly um. Yeah, I've loved loved doing. Yeah. Anything else before we wrap it up? Um, apart from that, mate, no, all good. And I just think, um, yeah, well done on 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 shifting your shifting your business to online. Yeah, um, it's been know, good it, actually. It's a, it's, yeah, certainly. Uh, it's, it's like you say, it's been a tough gig, hard pill to swallow, but we've all we're all in it together. And I think, um, yeah, let's just hope it keeps growing from there. And then when we do get back to the gym, we're we're all ready to rock and roll. Well, I think everyone's got their cupboard stocked with pasta, so I might be banging with business <laughs> if everyone wanted to drop a few kilos. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's over. it. That's the good thing about um, yeah, it's <laughs> good thing about going in the supermarket. All the all the good stuff that we want. That's to eat. what Melissa goes. She yeah. said, "What do we need?" Yeah, I was like, "There's no need to stock up because most yeah. things we buy are still on the yeah, shelf." That's right. Yeah, Although yeah. the broccoli was eighteen dollars a kilo yeah, the other day, so I might have to. Yeah, make some adjustments. It's um, yeah, that's a tough one. I think cauliflower too, but um, yeah, I've seen that yeah. as well. It's similar, but yeah, but then on the plus side, you know, I bought like I said, I think I told you the other day, I bought a rump, a big rump that was sixteen bucks a kilo. So, yeah. yeah, just eat more meat. It's all good. That's what Melissa was like. Actually, should we get lots of food? I was like, you know, you can get away with not eating for a while. You know, if we eat one meal a day, it's yeah. not gonna kill us. No, we're not gonna die. You I've know, fasted right. for a few days. It'll be right. Yeah, I found plenty of tin chickpeas on there, so <laughs> on, the, on the shelf, so not too many people are into them yet. So. That, yeah. <laughs> Once they start going, you know, there's trouble. <laughs> That's right, yeah. So, All good. Uh, Hour and a half, 90 minutes. Good on you. Thanks, Till mate. next time. Thanks Later. for Later. <laughs> I'm sick of us not doing this right. That's why I think I'm cutting you from my life. No more. I'm sick of us not doing this right. That's why I think I'm cutting you from my life. No more wasted energy spending the pace for every hour of wait. I need an escape to center me. And I don't mean to make a rush for the door, but time's a currency, I'm currently poor. I'll be 